0: Hi everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me, via email at news at so without further ado let's get right into it i hope you enjoy the show Hi, everyone. You're tuned into CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today, in our virtual studio, I have with me Dr. Dean Burry, a music professor at Queen's University, as well as the artistic director of the Watershed Festival, which is a festival that celebrates and explores all things musical theater right here in. Kingston. This is the second year that the festival is running and I am excited to have Dean on our show today um, to talk with us about the festival especially being one of his previous students so it's really nice to speak with you again Dean. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great Alex good to see you too
0: um so before we jump into it can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience um in musical theater and i know you also have quite an extensive background in opera too and just the arts in general can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe how you kind of came to create and form the watershed festival
1: yeah sure so i'm dean burry i'm uh uh, i guess a career composer and uh playwright. But uh, for the last four years, I've also been a professor of music and drama at the Dance School of Drama and Music at Queen's University, uh, originally from Newfoundland, uh, but lived in Toronto for about 23 years. And we've been here in Kingston now for the last four years and just really couldn't love it more. Um, I guess to kind of go way back as far as how I got into opera, people kind of sometimes ask how somebody from Gander, Newfoundland got into opera. Um, I loved music. I loved drama. When I hit high school, the question was, do I become an actor and go to theater school or do be, I do be, I become a musician and go to music school? So I ended up going to music school, but found pretty quickly that there was a way for me to be in both worlds. And, and that was as a composer working. I thought, you know, 20 years ago, I thought I was going to be a, a, a Broadway composer, you know, and yeah. I came to Toronto uh, eventually to do my master's and fell in at the Canadian Opera Company working in the box office, funnily enough, um, but got exposed more to the world of opera and realized that this was a big passion of mine as well. So um, was really able to fall into both of those worlds out on the east coast I did a lot more musical theater uh, you know with the with the AL at the end musical theater um, and then uh, in Toronto I you know got into doing a lot more in the opera world
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but never you know it was always about for me the theater there's a lot of composers in these world a lot of opera composers who come from the symphony world or come from writing chamber music or something like that and for me uh, I had done just as much acting, you know, after I had finished my master's as I did composing. And so I really came from the, the theater side of things. And I also kind of realized through that whole career that you don't have to love one or another. You know, opera uh, and musical theater have, have two, um, you know, different, they, they may be different styles. They offer different things. But the, the reality is, is that they're awfully close, you know, and that's something that I came at to kind of being in that world. You know, traditionally, the opera people stand on this side of the dance floor and the musical theater people stand on that side of the dance floor and never really kind of come together. But as someone who worked in both fields, I thought it's it's kind of the same thing. Can we not you know, can we not come together and not be so against each other? So um, it was a perfect storm, I would say, then when I came to uh, Queens four years ago, obviously, the music and drama schools had combined to become the dance school of drama and music. Um, and also Aubrey Dan, who was the, the generous philanthropist who gave the money to the school, um, is a musical theater guy in Toronto. He's a producer, right? So there was a real desire at the school to, to dig deep into what music theater was. And I have to say, right at the bat, the director of the school, um, Craig Walker, always made a, a big point of making that distinction. We, we talk about music theater, not specifically musical theater, which is the Broadway side of things mm-hmm. or opera, but, but, but basically musical theater and opera and everything in between, and more importantly, everything beyond as well. Because bottom line is if you're telling a story using dance and drama and music, all the art forms, then that's what music theater is. That's what opera is. That's what's what musical theater is as well. So there's a, there's a real universality to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that allows us to really explore um, a lot of areas as well, too. So when I started four years ago, one of my tasks was to get this idea of a music theater festival going. And that's really what became the Watershed Festival.
0: Awesome. That sounds really great. Yeah. And it's super cool to like have these two kind of mediums of art and theater combined. Because yeah, typically, they're not very, um, they don't really coexist with one another. It is kind of a or B? It's, yeah. It's- there's, there's too much
1: division. There's too much division in the world right now, politically and everything else, and we don't need it in this field. And, you know, I, I, I'll i hear, I'll hear, um, you know, musical theater people say, oh, opera is not realistic. It's so overblown. It's so old fashioned. And you'll hear musical theater people, or you'll hear opera people say, oh, opera, uh, musical theater is so pandering. You know, it's canned. The music is all canned and it all sounds so formulaic, right? So there's these arguments on both sides of it, you know, but... You know, I, 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 I'm I a contemporary opera composer. Anybody who thinks that opera can be represented by what happened 250 years ago, the opera has come a long way, you know? <laughs> um, and so even last year, after the first, like one of the panels we had in the festival last year was, again, putting those people in the same room, the musical theater people and the opera people. And the musical theater people, I remember, were saying it was hard for them to do storylines that didn't have mass appeal like I mean when they get commissioned they want something that's going to be popular right right well like frankly in the opera world that hasn't been for good or bad being popular hasn't been you know a huge important thing in the opera world I mean obviously you want an audience to come yes yeah but uh but there's not the sense that um, that the the story has to be one specific thing. So uh, the opera world has been pretty good about digging very deep into subjects. Um, I think it's also got to do with the fact, uh, a question of survival, right? Because a lot of people do perceive, a lot of the greater community perceives opera as this old outdated museum thing. Um, and so opera has had to struggle to become more relevant. And in that struggle, I think it's it's modernized itself pretty nicely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Very, very well put. Yeah, thank you. Um, So this is the second run of the Watershed Festival, as you mentioned, and it was a fully virtual festival last year due to COVID. But this year it is in fact hybrid, which is great um, to have, uh, you know, virtual aspects. So people who are not in Kingston can still attend, but also have that in-person um, aspect to it as well can you tell us more about maybe some of the events or panels and maybe what people can expect as it will be slightly different from last year's festival
1: yeah what a wild time to try to create anything right to try to yeah oh go my it.
0: gosh yeah
1: <laughs> to try to create a festival and you know like we we could have put it off for another year I guess but we really we wanted to get going and like we were all getting as much as we were getting so tired of zoom we were all also so getting really used to it and used to using it as a tool. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and in anything like this, you need to be able to see the silver linings as well. Right. Yeah. And so although although it was frustrating because we were all here and, you know, I'm sitting here in my basement running a music theater festival, in a sense, um, there was someone in their basement in Italy watching the festival that's right?
0: amazing yeah so
1: so i mean zoom you know or you know this uh, the online kind of presentation allows you to, to hit people all over the world and we don't want to give that up right because all of a sudden if you go completely in person that alienates an awful lot of people that could be meaningfully participating in your festival so the big question I think this year was well you know how do we how do we make it still online but still encourage people to come you know and you know listen we're you know we're we're at Queens we're still in a a mask mandate we're not out of COVID yet it's getting much better but we're still in a world where people are do I want to travel you know that kind of thing as well so you know we're um, so I would say that we're, we're pretty happy with the kind of registration that we're getting. But it's also a question of like, are people going to come? You know, will, will people come out for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in any event, early on, we, we decided if, if we we're going to do, we're, ne- we're never going to give up the online thing. It's always going to be hybrid from here on out. Because Anything. why not? Right? Why not let that Italian person who's not going to pay three thousand dollars to come to the festival yeah and so you know this year we're really uh you know welcoming everybody both through the online and in person now as i mentioned queen has a mask mandate but uh you know we're we've got some nice beautiful big spaces down at the isabel bader center for the performing arts uh, and also at the grand theater we've got a wonderful partnership again with the city of kingston um and uh so we're going to be at the grand theater for a lot of it This, i mean that's the thing about this as well like you know when i when i was Concerned about the fact that you know earlier in you know in the in the year are people going to come to this you've got to recognize although our goal is to be an international festival there's an incredible amount here in this community right mm-hmm. there's an incredible amount of music theater here and audience here in Kingston and so uh, I think to make a great festival and there's lots of festivals that happen here in Kingston it's got to be a combination of a great base at home then opening up to a larger uh, larger communities right? right so you know right. i i know that there are people i mean again we're in a good place in kingston We're like halfway between montreal and toronto which are big centers of music yeah. theater yeah. um so i know that we have some people that are, are going to be traveling but we also have kind of a lot of local people that are going to be connected with it as well which is great um and uh, so it but it's it but that means it's a lot of work right because not only do you have to have someone to set up the chairs and do those things, yeah. you need to have someone who's going to do, who can run the online thing as well. So in, in a sense, it kind of, it doesn't, not, not, doesn't necessarily double the work, but it certainly adds to the work, but the, the value is, it's kind of priceless, right? To be able mm-hmm. to have that reach, to be able to include that reach.
0: Definitely. Yeah. That's so exciting though, that, you know, you get to um, have it hybrid this year and I really appreciate and admire the fact that you're going to keep it being a hybrid festival even once COVID's done because yeah just having that accessibility for people anywhere in the world to access it um, is great and it can teach them so much because there is so much to learn from this festival like I was looking at some of the workshops and panels like one of the panels about um, Indigenous settler collaborations in music theatre um, something you know such um, an important conversation to have and to talk about and stuff like that and that's then- a
1: really that's a really important part of the festival as well in fact this year we have an artistic associate uh, an Algonquin playwright uh, well she's so much more than just a playwright she's also a uh, you know a theater director and an artistic director and an activist named Yvette Nolan who um, I have to say that I've had a great experience because I wrote uh, with her uh, the opera Shana Dithit which was uh, done in Toronto at Tapestry Opera a few years so Vett and I go way back, but she's actually our artistic associate this year. Okay. So has really been helping guide us along as we really want to again connect this festival because, as I mentioned, this was you know it's about opera, musical theater, and everything in between. And then I talked about that beyond thing, mm-hmm. right? Because the beyond it, the, the beyond thing is the thing which makes um, a celebration of music theater so much broader than than just those two categories, right? Yeah, I mean, the world over has music theater. Opera in Beijing has been there for like thousands of years in a sense, right? And of course, storytelling, using all of the arts is a big part of Indigenous culture as well, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we're we're really kind of drilling down on this festival. It's Watershed, you know, it's, it's about connecting to organic things. Um, and so I think one of the things I'm most excited about is that on May 24th, Tuesday, at four o'clock, we're having something called Landing at Watershed. And yes, there'll be a land acknowledgement, but there's also going to be a blessing and a smudging uh, by a local elder. Um, We have some performances that are going to be happening. There's a a, a new mezzo-soprano who's going to be singing. Uh, We have a Métis fiddler and we have a drum group as well. Um, We're going to be having soup and Bannock. Um, And it feels like a very different way to open uh, open a festival like this, you know, Um, and a very I think an important way to do that as well, too. So I should mention that that uh, that event um, is uh, is open. Uh, if people want to go to the watershed website, you can uh, uh, register uh, to come to that event, and that's four p.m. at the uh, in the lobby of the Isabel Bader Center here in Kingston.
0: Awesome! That sounds really great and such a great way to uh, bring people into um, a culture and different experiences that they've probably never um, been able to um participate in and be a part of so yeah that's awesome thank you
1: well and, and it really and you know again I'm, it's my hope as this festival moves on to kind of get to the point where we can actually do more collaborative projects and and do the work as well because you know as um uh you know, Avet again, has, uh, who's been such an education for me as well. Uh, Obviously, when we're talking about truth and reconciliation, and and the work that needs to be done, there's a lot of hard things to talk about. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about indigenous arts, um, sometimes it's good just to talk about the art, and make it about the incredible art that's being created, you know. Uh, And so um, it really is my hope as the Watershed Festival moves forward to kind of create more collaborative projects that we can do with the local Indigenous community. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping that landing on uh, on May 24th is going to be like the, the real start of that conversation.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds like an awesome event. Uh, so hopefully people will check it out. Like you said, it's happening at the Isabel Bader Center in the lobby Tuesday, May 24th at 4pm. Um, yeah and uh can you speak more to the role of arts in the community and um why it's important for um not only youth but also just community members in general citizens residents to have these festivals and to have local support in their um artistic endeavors and to be able to support um local art as well
1: yeah i mean i mean i guess i mentioned it a little bit yeah. earlier as well too this this year you know trying to um cuz again like when you have um I've I've um I've had the good fortune like in my career I've worked a lot with the Canadian Opera Company I've got uh, I'm on the board of Opera America so I I've, I've been able to travel and be able to connect with you know people in the big opera companies you know all over the world and that's absolutely wonderful but I also for 17 years ran the after school opera program for the Canadian Opera Company in Toronto which was basically writing operas with 6 to 12 year olds um I think we we wrote about 50 wow. <laughs> over the and it's, you know, it's a, it's a job that I started right out of the box office after I, f- I finished working at that box office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, as my career, you know, and I, and I started getting more work and, and that kind of thing, I held on to that, to that, that job, because I realized, like, again, the power, again, talking about the power of music theater, and it being every single art form in a sense, it was great working with young people, because, um, you know, everybody comes at the arts from in a different way, somebody might be really good at drawing. Somebody might be very comfortable acting, and someone might love singing. Somebody might love playing an instrument or something like that, or maybe someone just loves to dance. Maybe not so comfortable singing. I'm not really that comfortable singing, but maybe they love to dance. You know. Mm-hmm. But real music theater, it has an in for everybody. It really you
0: know? does. Yeah. And I
1: and I remember like working with those young kids that were really nervous about like being on stage or or um, you know or uh, you know singing or something like that. But ask them to draw a set. Or to draw, you know, a costume or something like that. And suddenly that was something there for them to shine, right? So I think what the music theater field does, and I always talk more, I usually talk a lot about opera. Like we talk about the baggage, right? The baggage that opera, you know, and people think of opera, they think of the large Viking woman, breaking glass, all singing in a language you can't understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the stereotypes that are associated with it, that would stop the, uh, the average person who's never been to an opera from going to see an opera. Mm-hmm. right um, and so but I think it's it's all around as well too it's showing that that the arts and music theater specifically it's a way to reflect people's lives and you, you can I mean that's what the arts are right it's yeah. a reflection of our life and we see ourselves and you know um and uh, you know I think maybe again maybe now more than ever we need to kind of reflect on what our lives are and what we're doing in a sense, right? Um, I should uh, point out one other uh, initiative that we have happening with Watershed that I'm really excited about yeah. is that uh, back in 2001, uh, I, I I wrote an opera for the Canadian opera company called the Brothers Grimm. Based on the Brothers Grimm fairy tales, obviously, but it's actually about Jakob and Wilhelm Grimm, the two brothers collecting the stories. Um, And that opera has, you know, traveled quite a bit. It's, you know, there's been some international productions and some translations. Well, Calgary Opera has just created a video, a film of the Brothers Grimm because of the pandemic that they streamed through um, or the in the process of streaming through the, all the schools in Alberta. Well, um, I have a great relationship with Calgary Opera because they've done this piece a few times and we've gotten permission to be able to show it to schools in the Kingston area as well. Also. Awesome. Uh, so if there's any, so this is K to six, it's a 45 minute opera in English. So if there's any school teachers or any parents of school kids going, you just go to the grand website, the grand theater website and uh, Google brothers grim uh, and you will uh, you'll get up to the signup page and you can get a free link to watch the brothers Grimm opera in your schools over the next two weeks.
0: That's awesome. That's super cool. Congratulations. It's really oh. interesting that that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's
1: fun. And here's what's really fun as well too, because I, um, Again, I'm really getting to know the people of the city. They're just wonderful people. And yeah. my gosh, Kingston is an art city. It blows me away. Yeah, I think about how keen this city is on supporting the arts. It's mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Um, but uh, but they were uh, they were putting together the promotional material and it said something about, I don't know what it said about Deanbury but I I, I said you should write Kingston composer Deanbury because and it's the first time that I think I've ever seen that written down right because it's always been like Newfoundland composer or Toronto based Kingston uh, Toronto based composer yeah but uh, the the ad for this one is the first time it's ever been written as Kingston composer Deanbury and I kind of like that
0: yeah that's a good ring to it for sure (laughs) (laughs) um in terms of Watershed, it's coming up pretty soon, um, May 24th to the 28th, as we said, how can people register for the events that are taking place at the festival?
1: If you go to the website, uh, so www.watershedmusictheater.com um, it's got all the registration information on there. There are a couple of different streams. Um, we have the Create stream is the shows and the shows in the evening, and I should mention, we're actually not streaming the shows. We're doing those old school. Uh, at the Grand Theater, um, so, the, the, so those performances are, um, you can you can get tickets for those through the Grand Theater as well. Um, during the day, we have our symposiums that are happening at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts, and on the website, you can register for those as well. Uh, and as I mentioned, the landings event is, uh, is a, a slightly separate event, but there's a link for that on the website. So the website will get you to everything that you might be interested in for sure.
0: Awesome. Be sure to check that out, everyone. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off?
1: Um, I would say, again, like just that, uh, you know, that, that you've mentioned community a number of times. And I think that that's a uh, really important. We, we had some connections with the Juvenus Festival as well. We've got um, we've got uh, so many wonderful festivals here in Kingston the we FOLDA, really do, yeah. the festival of live digital arts mm-hmm. um, i'm sure you will be talking to a lot of them the kick and push festival as well yeah. i should mention one really fun thing that we have as well is that fine balance brewing is uh, is creating a beer called festivale so it's a it's a it's a beer which is specifically being created for the summer theater festivals in that's kingston awesome. um, that's that's not something that happens in most places as well right so uh, again it's the it's the constant um, desire to, to bring the community into this project, uh, to bring and bring the community into the festival, uh, knowing that we have, because we've got resources. That's the other thing, like the, you know, through through the Dan gift and through the university, we have resources to do things and really to try to make Kingston a real focal point for music theater. Uh, and that means bringing people from across the world here. And it means bringing up people that are here in the community as well.
0: Yeah definitely and Kingston is such a good place for that the support and all the resources here for anyone in the art scene no matter what medium you're focusing on whether it's visual dance drama music anything really there is such a support system here and people love it they love seeing all these events and having all these festivals and stuff and that's what makes Kingston so vibrant so you know it's great that we now have another new right relatively new festival uh, into in kingston and hopefully you were saying that the plan is to have it be an international festival
1: absolutely well again already we have a number of people that are coming you know presenting from czech republic and uk and all that kind of thing as well so it's uh we're, we're on the road
0: yeah definitely well thank you so much dean for speaking with me about the watershed festival taking place this month it's been great to chat with you and catch up and uh best of luck also with the festival
1: always a pleasure alex thanks so much
0: Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.